Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. The study of Romans chapter 8. See, Paul was struggling. Shaul was struggling in his life. And he asked, who is going to deliver me? How can I get help? How can I get help to live the life that is pleasing to the Lord? What in the world am I going to do about this? How am I going to live the life of the believer? How am I going to do it? So he said in answer in verse 25 in chapter 7, I thank God for Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. So then with the mind, this is the inward man, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. But, Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, Shaul, Paul, needed to Get, first of all, to the firm foundation. How many a time, brothers and sisters, sin come into your life, and you are struggling with sin in our life, and you might say, wow, I blew it again, and now God, probably God doesn't like me anymore. He doesn't love me anymore, you see, because I've committed that sin, and I've gone wrong in this way or another way. And we probably condemning ourselves, and we say, God, I do not know, I tried to please you, but I failed you again. And God, I feel condemned. So you know what Paul learned? He says, listen, brothers and sisters, and listen, Paul, he's speaking, in fact, he's also addressing himself like he's addressing the Roman believer. He says, listen. One thing it is important to learn, that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, in Mashiach, Jesus. There is no condemnation. In other words, you think God did not know the struggles that you are going to go in your life every day? Do you think that God was surprised because you failed Him, or you failed your friends, or your brothers, or your family, or, or you think God did not know it? He knew it before you became a believer. And he knows that when you became a believer, and after as a believer, and following the Lord Jesus, he knows that. But if we understand the basis upon which we can move on in our lives as believers, there is fundamental truth that we have in the scripture. There is no condemnation in those that are in the Messiah, Yeshua. No condemnation. Do you know why God cannot condemn you anymore? Because the condemnation that you and I deserve to receive, somebody else took it already when he died for us on the cross. Jesus, our Lord and our Mashiach, our Messiah, already paid, by the way, not only for your sins of today only, for your sins of the past and the present, and for the sins that you and I will commit tomorrow. Everything he dealt with once and for all on the cross. And so it is important to understand that there is no condemnation, but it is only for those that are in Christ, in the Messiah. And that's where every person has to ask himself or herself, am I in the Messiah, in Christ? 
Am I belong to Him? Have I dealt with the question of sin in my life? Have I confessed that He is Lord of my life? That I deserve to be punished and He bore my sins in His body on the tree? Have I confessed that? Well, Paul, Shaul, is saying there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now you notice, by the way, in verse 1, that it says in the second half of the verse, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Most Bible teachers will tell you that this statement in the second half of verse 1 do not belong there. Many manuscripts do not show that this part of the verse is not there. It's actually in verse 4, a little bit lower. You notice in verse 4, it says the same thing at the end of verse 4, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. What we see here, that there is a blanket truth in verse 1, that the believer who is in the Messiah is no longer being condemned. God may discipline us when sin comes, but when it's come to our positional standing before the Lord, before God, once and for all, there is no longer condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And now he continues. And he's showing us now in the next verses, and I'm following now in verse 2 and 3 and 4. And you notice it says in verse 2, it says, The law now cannot claim the believer. Why? Notice that he says in verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in the Messiah Yeshua had made us free from the law of sin and death. You see, the law of sin and death has constantly condemned us because when God had given us a law, a principle of law, of rule, and men fail every time in accomplishing what God demanded, it condemned us. It judged us. And so what happened, we needed to be freed from the judgment that the law placed upon us. And so that's why he said, for the law of the spirit of life in the Messiah has made us free from the law of sin and death. You see, under the law we were condemned. When the law said, thou shalt not do this and we have done it. Well, it condemned us. It killed us. It demanded justice. So how can we be freed from that which condemned us? Well, the only way to be freed from that is to turn to the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And that's why he says, for the law of the spirit of life in the Messiah, Jesus, had made me free. See, Paul again is building up upon the effect of the finished work of Yeshua, the Messiah, that what the Lord Jesus have done, we are free from the law because of the finished work of the Messiah. The law can no longer condemn us because God provided the judgment that we deserved in the person of his beloved son, Yeshua, the Messiah. Next verse. Verse 3, the law not only cannot claim the believer, but it also cannot condemn the believer. It says here in verse 3, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sins condemn sin in the flesh. 
You know, it is unfortunate that many think that by seeking to fulfill or at least seeking to place themselves under law or laws or the law that God had given, they think that the law will produce something good in them. But it doesn't work. Because the law is like a mirror that shows us the fallacy that existing in our lives and in our hearts. It's just like you are going to a mirror in your own house. This morning, before we came to the meeting, we went and we looked at the mirror and what the mirror showed us. Wait a minute. There is a scar here. There is a bag underneath my eye. There is a white beard and I'm getting older. There is a boldness and I'm getting, well, what's going on? I'm a bit heavy. I'm, all the fallacies in me. You know what? That is exactly what the Lord does internally. It shows us that we fail God. We are simply not what God expecting from us to do. And he drive us to the Messiah. And that's what happened here. The law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. See, the law is not weak on its own. But it was weak. The law is unable to produce something in a human nature because of our flesh is sinful. And so what happened? For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did something about it. God has sent His only Son, and notice it says, in the likeness of sinful flesh. You remember when Yeshua came to this world? He didn't come with sin in His life. He looked like every one of us. He was a man. He was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in a Jewish home in Atzeret. His mother Miriam raised him in a Jewish home in the land of Israel. His stepfather Yosef uh, have been a carpenter. He grew up like any other Hebrew in the past. And he grew up like men, like people, like you and I. But he did not have sin in him. He was sinless. He was the one who was born to the virgin Miriam. Sinless. And that's why it says here, He, God, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, but He sent Him for sin, and God condemned sin in the flesh. You remember we read in the book of Colossians that He bore our sins in His body on the tree. So, beloved brothers and sisters, these are fundamental truths of the scripture that there is no condemnation for those of us who belong to Yeshua the Messiah. Why? Because the Lord Jesus has freed us because of his finished work on the tree. And then he says, not only the law cannot claim us, verse 2, not only the law cannot condemn the believer, verse 3, but the law cannot either control the believer. Why? Because the law do not have the power to provide holiness in the flesh, because we have a sinful nature. Look at this, verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, notice, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What he is saying here, that the law who demand righteousness for men, could not bring it about in men because of the sinful nature, but when we became believers in the Messiah, the Holy Spirit of God took residence in the life of the believer. We have a new birth, and in the power of the Holy Spirit of God, we can fulfill the righteousness of the law. On the basis and the strength of the Holy Spirit of God. So this is amazing truth to understand. Beloved brothers and sisters. 
The law cannot do in the believer what the Holy Spirit can produce in a believer. The law failed because of our sin nature. But the Holy Spirit of God is able to work in the life of the believer. And so we learn from those verses the importance of the fact that there is no condemnation for those that are in the Messiah, Yeshua. And so those first four verses are very, very important for us to get a hold of. So we move on now in the next verses. From verses 5 to 17, where we also read today, we have the second point that our apostle is mentioning to us in this chapter, in Romans chapter 8. Not only that we are freed from judgment, but we also can be free from defeat. Do you feel sometimes that you have been defeated as a believer? Don't you feel sometimes, I feel sometimes, when I do things in the flesh and not waiting on the Lord... You feel like you've been really defeated. You feel like you haven't been victorious in your day-by-day living. You feel defeated. You feel like so defeated because you simply allowed the old man, the old nature to take control over your life. Instead of feeding on the new man, on the Lord, on Yeshua the Messiah, we fed on the old man, on the old nature. We fed it and we gave it the wrong type of food. We will be occupied with that which is not pleasing to the Lord. Well, here in this chapter, Romans 8 verses 5 to 17, the Apostle Paul shows us that we can be freed from defeat. We don't have to live a defeated life. We do not have to live a defeated life. We don't have to do so. We can live a life that is victorious. And some of us can definitely say that we see other Christians and other believers that really live for the Lord. God used them in ministry. God used them in their life. They are blessing to others. They are ongoing, continuing living for the Lord. And you can see the testimony in their lives. You and I can do the very same thing if we will only allow the Spirit of God to take control over our lives. And that's what the Apostle emphasizes now in verses 5 to 17. And so in verses 5, 6, 7, and 8, he shows us some contrasts. And he shows us in those verses that there is contrast between the flesh and the spirit, life and death, enmity against God and following God. He shows us those contrasts in those verses. Look at the contrast, first of all, in verse 5. The contrast between the flesh and the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. He shows us a contrast. First of all, we can see a contrast between a believer and an unbeliever. But we can also see a contrast between a believer who is spiritually minded and a believer who, are, who is carnal minded. We can look at it in both ways. You see, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. And he used the word mind here. You notice he used the word mind. You know, what do we do with our mind? We think about things in our mind. We analyze things in our mind. And I don't know about you, but many times my mind is filled with all kinds of things. I'm thinking about this situation. I'm thinking about family needs. I'm thinking about the fellowship need. I'm thinking about all kinds of things coming to my mind. And to your mind, I'm sure. But what we fill our mind with will affect our lives. 
And if we mind, as it says here, those that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. And those that their mind is filled with the things of the Spirit will be minding the things of the Spirit of God. And so what do we fill our mind with? If our minds are occupied with all kind of things of the flesh and not the things of God, well definitely it will ultimately will be evident in the way we live, in the way we behave. But oh, if our mind is filled with the things and we are after the things of the Spirit, you will notice that there is a spiritual aspect of our life as well. A person have mentioned it like this, and I think it was very important. You know, every one of us here live in this world and we have many needs. We have to provide for our family, so we need to think about jobs. We have to take care of practical things. We have family, we have children, we have jobs to take care of, we have financial needs. We have to take care of our car, of our house, we have insurance, we have all kind of things, the mundane things of our daily routine. We cannot just shut the door and say, I'm not going to think about money, about job, about family, and just shut my mouth and just memorize verses all day long. If you can go all day long, and we think sometimes it is very spiritual, a person, if you're going to memorize verses all day long, you don't need to think about your family, you don't think about your financial life, you don't need to think about anything else, your job, and all these things. Just memorize verses and you're going to be spiritual. Well, it's not what the Bible teaches us. We have responsibilities here in this world. But the difference between those that mind the things of the flesh and those that mind the things of the spirit is simply this. That the unbelieving world have no spiritual aim. In other words, there is nothing beyond what's happening here in this world. They don't think about God. They don't think about the need to worship God and to adore Him and to praise Him. They don't think about their spiritual need. They don't think about eternity and their destiny. As far as they're concerned, it's only here and now. When we finish this life, it's six feet under the ground and it's all over. But for the believer, they mind the things of the Spirit of God. Yes, we take care of our job. We need to do things irresponsibly with our family and all the area, the sphere of life that we have. But that is not the only thing that we think about. We bring the things of God. We bring the person of the Lord Jesus into every situation in our life. And so he said, those that mind, those that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. And those that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, they are also mind, their mind is filled with the things of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will direct us to the beauty of the Lord Jesus, of Yeshua, who loved us and cared for us and gave his life for us. And so the aim and the goal is not only what he is now and now, but it's also the things of the Lord. And so there is a comparison here. There is a contrast between the flesh and the spirit. Galatians 5 says that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary to each other. There is a struggle that we have every day. So what we learn from that is that if we are believers, and we are, while we need to deal with the elements of this world, the things that we are part of in this world, but we should bring the Lord Jesus into every situation. The Lord wants to be part of our life. He wants to be in our homes. He wants to be with us on a job. He wants to be with us in the school. He wants to be with us everywhere. He wants us to have fellowship with Him. And if we mind the things of the Spirit of God, He will take part in our lives. 
And what a blessing it is when the Lord is part of our life. He watches over us. He protects us with all the fallacies of this world. He protects us from the pitfalls that are always right before us every time we move forward. And so the contrast between the flesh and the spirit. Notice verse 6. Another contrast, and this time it's between the contrast between life and death. Verse 6. For the carnally minded or the fleshly minded is death. And he says in verse 6b, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace and shalom. Chaim and shalom we say in Hebrew. You see another contrast. Do you know brothers and sisters that every time when we even as believers walk in the flesh, it always going to lead us to spiritual deadness. Don't you feel that at time we have no spiritual energy, no joy spiritually? Why? Why is it that we, even as believers, live very similar to the world around us? Why? Because we minded the things of the flesh. We haven't been occupied with the Word of God and with Yeshua the Messiah, which, and we've been occupied with all kind of things that lead us into spiritual deadness. No power. That's what he's saying here. Now again, you can make a contrast between a believer and unbeliever because the unbeliever, his carnal mind, is only going to lead him to death. Not only the, the physical death, but eternal death. And the spiritual minded, the believer, will be ultimately led into life. He already has life and he is going to be eternally with the Lord. But we can also apply it to believers. The spiritual believer and the unspiritual or the carnal believer who mind the things of the flesh. Ultimately, it leads to deadness. Meaning that there is no vibrancy. You are kind of not rejoicing in the Lord. You feel empty. You feel shallow. Sometimes we can come to a meeting and because we have not been occupied with the Lord, we have no energy, no spiritual energy to praise Yeshua the Messiah. But when we have been occupied with Him and we can gather together in the meetings, we have a full, our cups are full and we can praise Him for what He has done for me during the week when I have been living day by day following after him. So, the contrast between the flesh and the spirit, verse 5. The contrast between death and life. Notice in verse 7, there is a contrast between war with God or peace with God. Notice verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity or war, is at war against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed it can be. Here's the third contrast. You see, fleshly minded or carnal minded is enmity against God. Do you know that God is not pleased with the world and its sin and fleshly carnal, the old nature? You know, for this carnal mindedness, Jesus the Messiah had to die. For this enmity that the world is against God, the human nature is against God, the Messiah had to do something about it when he came to this world and he paid the penalty for sin. So being carnally minded is actually being at war against God. Listen, if you go back please to chapter 5 of Romans, just a couple of verses there. Look what we read here in chapter 5 and verse 10. For if... When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. 
You see what he's saying here? We were enemies of God. And the carnal mindedness is really against God, is enmity against God. When Yeshua, the Messiah, came, he eliminated that animosity when he paid the penalty. And God had reconciled us. He restored to us his favor. He recovered what we have lost because of sin. And he brought us back to himself through the death of the Messiah, Yeshua, on the cross. And so we have the third contrast in verse 7. Enmity, war against God, or peace with God when we are spiritually minded and not carnal minded. Finally now in verse 8, the fourth contrast is pleasing self or pleasing God. It says then in verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. This is something, you know, it doesn't say that they might have a chance to please God. But they can't. The Bible teaches us here that those that are in the flesh simply cannot please God. Doesn't matter how much they try. And that's why the Lord wants us to realize as believers to learn from that. He says, listen, if I am going to live a victorious life, I have to please God. And if I'm going to please God, I have to depend not upon the flesh, not upon the old nature, but I have to depend upon the Holy Spirit of God, which will lead me, which will guide me, which will guide everyone that will wait on Him to be guided by Him. So the unsaved person live in a lowest level of life, he cannot please God. But the believer has the potential to please God because he has a new nature and the Holy Spirit of God is able to help him if we only wait on the Spirit of God for guidance. So now that we have talked about those verses and we saw the contrast and we learned that we don't have to be defeated if we just wait on the Lord and be guided by Him and have the Spirit of God guiding us, notice now in the next verses, verses 9, 10, and 11, the believer have to recognize that he has the Holy Spirit of God in him. The Holy Spirit of God residing in every Christian, in every person who belongs to Yeshua, the Messiah. Verses 9, 10, and 11. Only believers have the Holy Spirit of God. Unbelievers don't. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, Paul is saying to the believers. But you are in the Spirit. And notice he says, since, I know in the King James he says, if. But he doesn't put a doubt here. It's actually not if, it should be since. Since so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of the Messiah, he is not belong to him. Now, let's not make any mistakes. If a person is a child of God, the Holy Spirit of God resides in the believer, in those that belong to the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. If a person does not have the Holy Spirit of God, according to this verse, Romans 8 verse 9, this person does not belong to the Lord, does not belong to God. That is important to understand, and he showing this to the believers at Rome, that only the believers have the Holy Spirit of God. The unbelievers don't have the Holy Spirit of God. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Messiah, he is none of his. Put your finger here and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 for a moment.
You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.